This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. You're listening to Church Bells and Cheesesteak Suplex. Church Bells are ringing. They are, are ringing. Uh, I am the man of a thousand names, Jackson Wells. With me, as always, is the man of one name, BP Burke. Yes, that is my only name. This is your only name. It's your real legal name. Some folks call me the chief. It's your real legal name. Yes, yes. Brian Paddington Burke. That's what the BP yeah. stands for. If you look that up, you'll find that on all the... Uh, um, tax records. Yeah, I don't know why you're looking up my tax records. It's a little weird. Well, but okay. Uh, I may have yeah, used those, it. Those church bells are are going off. They they probably won't hear that on the on the uh, listeners end because we do audio correction. But there are a lot of church bells going. It right. is the Christmas season. They would hear a lot. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Did uh, you hear what happened in our town last night? I would love to hear about it. Uh, some you know how they have the big Christmas tree at the town square. It's what's it called? Garfield Square. Garfield Square. Yeah. Somebody hit it last night and knocked it over. Huh. Yeah. I guess we're uh, driving while distracted. They were like texting and driving. I think there is the rumor. And because the tree is in the the road splits, the road that the tree is on splits. Yeah. And then the tree sits in the middle, like an like an island. I guess. Yeah, it's like an island in the middle of the street. Yeah. Island in the street. That is what it is. And yeah, somebody just. What kept going straight and hit the tree? Can right you explain tree. that reference if uh, somebody doesn't know? Oh, island in the stream, right? Stream is that Dolly Parton? Yeah, and I, Kenny Rogers. Right? I I only know the song <laughs> from <laughs> from the uh, the remake in the nineties. Yes, uh, uh, Wyclef. Yeah, well, he was one of the three. Wyclef and Proz and Lauren Hill. No. Oh, that wasn't the Fugees? It was just Wyclef. Oh, yeah, it was just Wyclef. It was Wyclef and... and uh, yeah, it wasn't the Fugees. It was some other girl. Uh, the, 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 Maya, right? Something like Maya? that, yeah. I think it was Wyclef and Maya. You're exactly right, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it was post-Fugees. Yeah, what the hell was it called? Ghetto Superstar, Ghetto right? Superstar, yeah. Yeah. I think they used it in that movie but, Bullworth with Warren Beatty. Yeah, yep, they did. You're uh, you're absolutely right, Um, for once, because you were wrong about the other thing. And, yeah, and I was wrong nick- about it being the Fugees. And the nickname that It was had. a Fuji. Um... Right, it was a single Fuji. Yeah. It was a, it was like a fungi. Yeah, I think it would just be Fuji. Well, okay, I, maybe he's a Fujis. Is he a pugilist specialist? I'm a pugilist specialist. Who was that? That was Lennox Lewis. Lennox after Lewis. he beat, uh, after he beat Mike Tyson, he's like, <laughs> I'm a pugilist specialist. That was the. We just said that for years. <laughs> after we were just, we thought that was the coolest thing. Uh, that and when Mike Tyson in one breath said, praise be to Allah, I'll eat your children. Yes, and when he talked about his back being broken. Yeah. And he asked what kind, he goes, spinal. Spinal. Great. What a great man. Except for the raping. Yeah, that was, and and, a woman and hitting his wife. Well, I don't care about that. Um, Didn't he say it was like the best punch he ever threw or something like that? Th- that's the rumor. Yeah. That's the rumor. Robin, uh, Robin Givens. That's the rumor. You know what that's from? Mm-hmm. What's it from? Uh, Tombstone, right? There you go. Where's your tombstone mask, by the way? Uh, you were wearing your Spaceballs mask the other day. I don't have day. a tombstone mask. I thought you had one. No. Oh, yeah, I do. I, I have yes, no you idea. did. Yeah, pardon me while I, if I don't shake hands. I lost it. 
Yeah, I did have the pardon me if I don't shake hands face mask. You're exactly right. Yeah, you had that early on. Yeah, I got that at the same time as the fa- uh, Spaceballs mask. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I lost that one. And then oh. I lost them both. So I bought new masks that are better. Like they actually go over my chin. Oh, you lost this, the other Spaceballs? No, I, I found it, but I lost it for a little bit. I see. You, yeah, because you were wearing it the other day. Yeah, because well, okay. yeah, I lost my other masks. And then I found all of them, except for okay. the tombstone. I thought masks. you said when you, when you said I lost them, I thought that you you were talking about the at one point the masks i had the cloth masks i had were the the tombstone one right and the space balls one okay and i lost them both right so i bought new masks that were better right they're for big fat faces like mine right but then you found yeah the space balls one yeah but i usually wear the other ones because they fit me better right but you wear the space balls one that one day why because i think it was the only one i had on me that day. gotcha gotcha i wear one yeah, you you wear the gator scarf. I wear the gator scarf. And I had some lady, which is weird because I was at the uh I was at the supermarket and there's this girl that I saw and dude, she was fucking pretty. But not like not like you know she's out of your league like 10 pretty. Right. Like the you could probably, you know, win her over with a, a good joke or something pretty. Right. Uh I don't know what that is. I don't even know how that you categorize that, but that's just what I think. Mm-hmm. Uh so I see this girl and I'm like, oh, wow, she's super fucking pretty. And then she's going and I'm like, I'm not following her, you know? Right. What, did you just drink? Yes. Oh, I heard it. I wasn't looking, but I heard it in my. Excuse me. No, it was weird. It's fine. It's, I just didn't know what the noise was. So she uh, she's walking. So people probably hear me, by the way, eat and drink all the time. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's one of the big reasons I don't wear headphones when we do the show. Like you were doing the other day, like we were sitting during a break and you were eating. And I was like, oh, my God, please move the fucking microphone. <laughs> and then you did it closer. And I hate you for it. <laughs> uh, so so I was like, I'm not following this girl. Obviously, that's just fucking weird, you know, and I'm not even at the, the point where like I'm like, oh, let, just go up and say something or just try to, you know, strike up some kind of conversation. So then you can eventually get her like Instagram or something after like. You know, like a couple minutes, like I did the other day at some bookstore. Uh, so so I, I was like, nah, forget it. And I'm walking down another aisle and there's this lady, this older like lady, and she sees my mask and she like smiles. And I was like, is she a witch? Because <laughs> because mine's got like magic right. type, you know, like geometry and symbols. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. I saw the Pythagorean theorem on there. I don't think you did. Oh. Um, that's the only geometry I really know. Okay. Uh, so I was like, oh, what? and then I'm standing in line a little later or online. If you're in New York, you weren't, I was, I know of no, no, because I don't ever want to be there again. <laughs> um, y- you know, my hate for New York, I do except for now. That's not true. I, I, I would move to New York in a fucking minute, but where would I, where would it be? Nyack. Yeah. 100%. Nyack, New York. It's fucking, it's just, it's got everything I want. So anyway, I'm standing in, uh, I'm standing in line and I see the, the lady. I was like, oh shit. And who she's standing with? The girl. Oh. It was her like daughter. A, I was going say, is it the mom or something? That's yeah. Funny. And I was like, holy crap. The universe just wants me with her. So guess what I did? What did you do? Nothing. Oh, okay, good. And that's the end of that story. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I wasn't like, oh, hey, you like my mask? I should have said that. I should have been like, were you, did you smile at my mask? Were you checking out my mask? Were you checking out my mask? Were you hitting on my mask? 
I should have said that, but I didn't say that because that's weird as shit. So that's the end of that story. Um, but uh, what was what was the, th- the other thing we were just saying? Oh, Nyack, real real quick. Uh, fucking love Nyack. If you have never been to Nyack, New York, it the only way I could describe it is it's a very it's a quaint little town, but it it it's got shops in like your main street. But your main street is not your main street, which is funny. Your main street would be like, imagine if the main street that goes through your street, right? Your town. Or, or I'm sorry, your town uh, has all the shopping and everything. And then there is another street that would go um, uh, vertically, I guess. Because if, if, if your main street goes horizontally, right, then your market street would go vertically. Let's just say. Right. And... Uh, on that street would be like all your restaurants and, and stuff like that. Well, in Nyack, for whatever reason, that's called Main Street. And it has all your, it's got Irish restaurants. It's got, uh, I think there was one called like the King and I or something like that. And it was a um, Vietnamese restaurant. Huh. Uh, it's got all kinds of different restaurants, but that's called Main Street. And then the street that, that has all the shops on it as shops as book, like uh, old bookstores and um it has this uh this really really neat store where you go in and it's all christmas stuff in like the first like few rooms and then the back of the store it's all clocks like grandfather clocks yeah no, i remember there being a lot of like antique shops there and things yeah like that. yeah and then there's like this really cool brunch place uh that has like a fountain outside dude it's just such a cool cool spot lots of restaurants lots of lots of stuff to eat uh lots of places to eat there um and uh, and then on like a spring day, people will bring out their vintage cars. You'll see like older guys with their fedoras. On. It's like I just I I'm in 1942. Yeah, like you you travel back in time. Except back then, those antique shops were just called shops. They were just called shops. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, it's like in uh uh what what's the the movie? Midnight in Paris? Right. What was the exact thing? I well, I, I know the, the movie. The the, the the idea is is that um he's talking to people about antique shops right right and the the kind of the running gag throughout the thing is like why why, why would somebody want to buy like old stuff you know right we want new stuff and it's like what, what the hell's an antique shop and they're even like in present day are kind of like shitting on the idea of an antique shop and then he goes back he travels back right. to the 1920s and they're like they they are so confused Mm-hmm. They're perplexed. You a would fuddle? say they were. Yeah, they were flabbergasted. Yeah, uh, my, dude. I okay. So I just woke up not too long ago. I had a really bad headache, and I woke up with a really bad headache. Oh, so my my words are escaping me. It's okay. Anyway, um, and so and you know that you know my love for I love time travel. Yeah, and and midnight in Paris. Well, it's your favorite movie, you said, right? It is my favorite yeah. movie. It's my favorite movie, and it's and now my new favorite show, Outlander. It's Outlander, and it's got time travel. Until your next favorite show. Well, my current favorite. Your show. current favorite. Show, yeah, yeah, dude, it's so incredible. But what's that other show? I like that other one with the time travel. It has that? Oh, that one black dude. It got it got canceled. I think. Oh, um, I think you watched it. What time travel shows do you know in recent memory? Like, Obviously, Doctor Who. Okay, there you um, go. Duh. Big uh, fan. Of, I'm a big fan. I think I, I'm a bigger fan of Doctor Who than you are. 
Oh, you are. No, you are. Absolutely. Are you talking about the one where it was like a little more scientific? It was on like NBC. I forget the name of it. Well, it was on a network. <laughs> Timeless? Timeless. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a little bit of Timeless. Timeless was good. Yeah. I like Timeless. That was that was fun. That was fun. What other time travel shows do you know? Um, I'm uh, drawing uh, a blank. There was uh, Sliders. Sliders, yeah. Quantum Leap, but Quantum, that was, Quantum Leap was definitely a time travel show. I I think I appreciated Quantum Leap. Obviously, I appreciated it later because that shit was on when I was a kid. And right. You're, you're like, you're like, what the fuck is this? I, you know, Get I this off my screen and put on cartoons, please. Seriously. Uh, where, where are the fucking pawpaw bears? Right. You know? Where are the gummy bears? Where where are well, they're bouncing here and there and everywhere? They just haven't bounced to you yet. Well, yeah, they were they were fucking getting their. Was gummy berry juice? Fucking. Was I don't want to know what it was. Was it, you don't want to know? No, you're right. Yeah, you don't want to know. It's like why was Arnold that big? You know why was Hulk Hogan that big yeah. back then? Oh, you think it was steroids? I don't know what it was. Look, I'm just saying. Yeah, you don't want the gummy berry juice. Yeah, how did we just get from fucking? That's what happens. Time travel. Yeah. We traveled back in time to when Gummy Bears was on. Right, to the 1980s. And the 90s. was on in the 90s for a little bit. Well, what? they did, re, they did yeah. the, the reruns. I think... I... One of my all-time favorite cartoon theme songs, too, was Gummy Bears. Those Disney shows in that era just had the best theme songs. Did, did the Jets do that, too? They I, they may have. I know they did. You, the, you know the best. The best of all, yeah. Rescue Rangers yeah. was the best. There's this guy... By the way, rumored to be coming back for a Disney Plus reboot. Because they announced one for, I think, Darkwing Duck, and there was, in the teaser, there was like a little thing in the background, and it looked like it was said Rescue Rangers on the script. No, it was the other way around. Was it? Yeah. Oh, you're right, it was. <laughs> okay, you're, yeah, you're right, because they even announced the cast for Rescue Rangers. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the other way around. You're, you're exactly right, it's, yeah. You saw part of the Darkwing, Darkwing Duck. Duck script hidden under a thing, and... You're exactly right, yeah. yeah. Which isn't too... I don't know how this... Uh, it's not too crazy because they already did Darkwing Duck. They already brought it back mm -hmm. and did this whole like story arc about like his how the dude became Darkwing Duck and all this stuff on uh, Ducktales on Duck the, the new Ducktales, which Ooh. was incredible. You know, how people always shit on the new new cartoon, whatever. The new yeah. Ducktales is fucking fantastic, dude. Um. I wasn't really too thrilled because I don't like Bobby Moynihan, and he, oh. and he did one of the voices. Did he? Yeah, but and they didn't they didn't have that like they didn't have that those vo those voices that they had before. Mm -hmm. You know those really like duck sounding scratchy voices. Oh, oh, they didn't do that. They just had like regular voices. They just have regular voices. Oh. Yeah. Oh, um, by the way, Rescue Rangers is going to be live action and CGI. Okay, like um. Like the new Tom the, and Jerry that just came yeah, out. Yeah, or like the Smurfs movie where they were usually in like the real world with Neil Patrick Harris. Did you watch that? Yeah, yeah, I did, actually. Yeah, Chip is going to be John Mulaney and then Dale is going to be uh, Andy Samberg. Neil Patrick Harris was the the main dude, right? Yeah. The, the good guy, right? Or Gargamel. No. No, he was the good guy. I think Gargamel was like Hank Azaria or something. Hank Azaria was Gargamel, but didn't they replace the Gargamel? I never character? saw the second one. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. But yeah, I mean, obviously it's a big time for nostalgia's in full swing because millennials are starting to feel their age. The late Gen X is starting to feel their age, so it really is high time for 80s and 90s nostalgia. And like 
kids today don't really watch a lot of TV, so TV is marketing more and more to older people. And if you like that old stuff, you're uh, really reaping the benefit of it. Yeah, I, I've always been nostalgic, though. You have. I've always been nostalgic. I guess because I was you're nostalgic for times you weren't alive for. One hundred percent. But that's the that's what they talk about, which is funny because I think that that's why it resonates with me. Midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris, yeah. because they talk about that. It's it's called the um. It's like golden age something or whatever. I forget. I forget the name of it, but mm-hmm. but they say that because Gil, which is the protagonist, Owen Wilson, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he uh, he's a writer in I guess L A. Well, yeah, he's the protagonist in a Woody Allen movie. Of course, he's a writer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he is in love with Paris in the nineteen twenties because you had Dali, uh, mm-hmm. Hemingway, uh. Gertrude Stein. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else was there at the time? Um, Zelda Fitzgerald and... Uh, fuck Scott Fitzgerald? Yeah, fuck Scott. Fuck him. F Scott Fitzgerald. Fuck Scott Fitzgerald. F him. Yeah, F Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of... All these people, and this is real, that they used to hang out in the 1920s. Did they, I ever tell you the time I tortured your kids with an Andy Kaufman bit? I think I, I think I think so. Yeah, it was. We were uh, driving. Uh, that's somewhere. okay. I, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about Midnight in Paris. Yeah, I will. Um, and uh, so they all hung out together. They they. It, it sounds something like like it's bullshit. Like okay, right? Yeah, yeah. All these famous people went and hung out in, in Paris, and they did. There's. It was like the Viper Room of its day. Yeah, like. Yeah, kind Instead of. Instead of Keanu, you have Hemingway. Instead. Instead of Corey Feldman, you have F. Scott Fitzgerald. God, did we fucking... Fu- we we should have known. Cliff, yes. We should have known at that point. <laughs> when River Phoenix died, it's like, well, F. Scott Fitzgerald didn't die outside fucking whatever place they hung yeah. out. And, and, uh, but, uh, so, so he, so, uh, Owen Wilson is, is in love with the, the 1920s. And, um, that's all he, he dreams about. And that's like what he would be. And he's over in Paris with his fiance, who was played by, uh, Rachel McAdams. Oh, okay. And for some reason I was gonna say Scarlett Johansson, but yeah, she's a real c-word. Um, just a bitch. Which is she's so great in the her character. Role. Or Rachel McAdams. No, 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 the character. Oh, okay, Rachel McAdams. Like, I, maybe you know something about Rachel McAdams. I don't. I don't know the woman. Oh, we used to date. Oh, uh, no, she she's so good in her role. She is a great heel because she makes you. Hey, not you, because you don't. We talked about this on Murder. Oh no, I, I identify with villains. I don't know, but what I'm saying is, is you don't literally get like annoyed by right. people where I do. I would like, never I be get, one of those people. Like I don't like her because of that role she played in the movie. No, 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 no. I'm saying I don't like the character. Yeah, I, I've had that with characters. That's how good she is. Where I'm like, I fucking hate her. Mm-hmm. Not and not Rachel McAdams because, dude, no, the Notebook. Yeah, you know, um, she's fantastic. I think she's a fantastic actor. Uh, so. Why'd you just look at me? Is it because I said actor? I was looking at the tissues because I thought I had to sneeze. Oh, here. Take one. I thought you, it was the the timing. The timing was I said actor and you looked at me and I was like, is it because I didn't say actress? No. Are you like, I say actor. Are you looking at me? No, I know you do. I usually say actress, but a lot of, some people say actor for both. Yeah. Because it's one of those like, I'm trying to be all inclusive here. Okay. Including On the other show, I try to be, um, uh, I, I, a little bit of a heel there, I guess. You know, when I say like I, I do all the shit, and I'm like I'm just a character. Right. I try to be more 
you know, me, even though I'm still Jackson Wells here, I try to be more my, my real thought. Sometimes depends, depends on the mood, but anyway. Um, so yeah, so he's, he's just obsessed with it. And, and when they're doing a tour, I, I don't know if they're in Versailles or where they are, but they're doing a tour. And this one guy is like this history buff and he makes this one claim and Gil kind of like corrects him on it. And, uh, they're arguing about it. And then even like the tour guide is taking, uh, Gil's side. Right. And the guy, the other guy is just all like, you know, this is poppycock. Like yeah, I know, bollocks. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then they're they're talking about that Gil is just stuck in in the past, like of a time that he never even went to, right? Uh, or you know, experienced. And it's like like I said, he calls it like golden age. So I forget exactly what the term is. Uh, but man, it's a, it's such a fantastic movie. And then it's called Midnight in Paris because he's strolling through Paris at midnight, and like a bell chimes, and his uh, his wife. She'd left though, just like a little bit before, mm-hmm. or his fiance rather, and a car pulls up. And don't uh, mind me, I'm just sneezing. Oh, it's okay. Uh, and he gets in the car, and he it takes him to a party, and that's where it's like F, F Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah, the car is like a time machine. Yeah, and, yeah. basically. And they, but they don't ex- they don't explain it. It's never explained right. in in the in the movie how anything works, and I love that. Well, that's a trope of uh, fantasy movies where if you're trying to explain it, that's more of sci-fi. If you're trying to actually get into the nuts and bolts of how the time travel works. Right. Uh, I don't remember what the guy called it, but when I was really in the screenwriting, I, I got two books. I got Save the Cat, which is if you're if you're interested in screenwriting, Save the Cat is the book you want to get more than any other. Yeah. And then there was one called Save the Cat Goes to the Movies. Yeah, I know. You you lent me these. Yeah, and and basically they're like, yeah, there's just really ten different kinds of movies. And the one is like it's called like Out of the Bottle, is what I think the guy, uh, the guy is Blake Crouch. He wrote the movie Blank Check. Okay. I, I mean, like Blank Check. Yeah, he's it had dead. Duff now. in it, right? Yeah. Duff McKenzie? Duff Mc, Mc Duff. No, her name was no, you're thinking of Duff McKeegan, and Duff McKeegan played for Guns N' Roses. No, 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 I'm not. I'm thinking of Duff. Her, her real name was Karen Duffy. Karen Duffy, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she was she was in maybe it. I was thinking of Duff McKeegan. I think you were. I'm thinking, or maybe there may, maybe there's a Duff McKenzie somewhere out there. And are you thinking I, of Spuds McKenzie? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm just all over the. I'm thinking like about you're definitely all over the place. Potato Murdoch. <laughs> I like him. Yeah. So yeah, it's about the kid that like gets a black a check for like a blank check and cashes it for like a half a million dollars or something because that was a lot of money back then. And oh, I'm thinking of Mackenzie Duff from the Clemson Tigers. Oh, of course. Yeah. Who doesn't think of Mackenzie Duff at all times? Well. So, yeah, this guy's name is Blake Crouch. He wrote Save the Cat and he wrote the follow up and then he died of a brain aneurysm. And I think it was a brain aneurysm. It might have been cancer. Oh, geez. But yeah, it was called Out of the Bottle. And it's, it's movies like that, like Freaky Friday, where like this one magical thing happens. You don't really have to explain it. It's more about what it does to the characters. <clears throat> yeah, I wrote a story like that. I was, uh, it's it's kind of, I, I had this one story that I was working on in like 2005 and then probably about five years ago or so I started working on another story and just, you know, I just, I write them sometimes and I'm like, this is never going to see the light of day. Nothing's ever going to happen with this. I'm not a writer, but I have stories, you know, I have ideas mm-hmm. and I'm like, I could pitch this to Brian and have Brian write this, but this isn't something that Brian, you know, would do. 
because it's it, it and, and it ends up being more of like um i guess like young adult fantasy something like that yeah. you know um and uh it's based off of a lot of things that uh near where we lived for example the one town setting is in um aussie plains it's aussie plains pa mm-hmm. and uh the one street is low street right like l-o-w-e uh and another street uh that that separates low street from this other street uh, there's train tracks there the other street is grayson street or grayson avenue mm-hmm. so you know where i'm going with this yeah 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 it, it's all correlates to the street we grew up on the street across the street and aussie yeah. plains yeah i'm sure you can figure that one oh out. you want me to say it oh yeah it's okay. sharon hill right, right. of course a town called sharon hill yeah and, and i started and i was like i'm just going to do this with almost everything I'm just going to start changing. I always said I was going to write a book and have somebody named Sharon Hill in the book. Well, because John O'Hara. So we live in Pottsville and John O'Hara is a local writer. I mean, literally was a local writer. He's long dead. Yeah. Uh, He died in the 70s. Uh, But he was a a writer that was born two streets down uh, where the current coffee shop is. He was born in that building. And uh, his I think his dad was a doctor. Mm -hmm. And um he wrote, and a couple streets up from there on the street that's called Mahantango. Uh, that's the same street the coffee shop's on. Right. Yeah. It's on uh, the corner of 2nd of Mahantango, uh, or Makantanga, as some people say here. Tell them cheesesteak suplex sent you. I've heard Makantanga. Makantanga, I've heard, yeah. You've heard Mac? No, I've heard Mak. Makantanga, yeah. Yeah, Makantanga. Or Makantango. Which I believe were the uh, the islanders. It was Mak and Tanga. No. And then they replaced Mock with Haku. No. That's not what happened? No. Oh. Why don't you tell them what really happened? I don't know what really happened. Oh. Uh, so anyway, a few streets up on the other side of the street, there was a, uh, a thing called the Pottsville Club. And he used to hang out at the Pottsville Club, and basically he would hear all the gossip, and he would write things down of everybody talking, and he was just like, these people are fucking assholes. They're all just hoity-toity douchebags. And he would write these stories and he would basically, so like Pottsville became Gibbsville in his book. Mahantango Street became Lentenango Street. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what he would do. He would, it, it was very similar to like what. These days are probably like Montenegro Street because I think there's like Serbia and Montenegro. It would probably be that. I don't know that he would do that. Maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he would still do the same thing, or maybe he would just call it Mahantango Street. Yeah. You know? Uh, but, but it, like, so there's a walking tour, and if you're on Mahantango Street, uh, certain signs you'll see, it'll be like the John O'Hara walking tour, like, this is Lentenango Street. Right. Um, you know, things like that. Um, But they didn't like him because he he kind of talked shit about everybody, mm-hmm. and he, he was exposing people. He was exposing corruption and... And just how people were assholes and whatever. He exposed them. They didn't like him until after he died and he got famous. Right. And then it was like, he's our favorite son. And there's a statue of him here now. There is. They hated him when he was alive. That that tends to happen to artists more often than other people, I think, where you become more beloved after you die. Like, everybody kind of gets, like, people look back at dead people usually with rose-colored glasses just because yeah. you don't want to speak ill of the dead. But when you're like, you'd really get that when you're fam- like, especially if you gain fame after your death. Yeah. Like a Van Gogh or a Poe or somebody like that. Van Gogh. It, it sucks those guys because they died thinking they were failures. 
Yeah, yeah, that, it, it does suck. But I think today is a little different, like, than it was then because we've seen success and they didn't see that back then. They, right. di they didn't they didn't have anything to go by. They didn't have anything. They didn't have their previous Van Gogh. Mm -hmm. They didn't have their previous uh, whoever it was that like they weren't a success until after they were 50. And they, you know, try, they were like suicidal at 30 because they thought they were failures. Yeah, I mean, it still happens to people. There's that guy, uh, John Kennedy Tooley, well, wrote well, a Confederacy of Dunces and then yeah. killed himself because he thought he was a failure and the book became a hit. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But but what I'm saying is, is that's the blueprint now to say, like, you can be a success. You just got to keep doing it or wait. Sometimes you got to wait. Like some people are like, well, how long do I have to wait? Sometimes until you're 80, sometimes until you're 60. Sometimes you'll never get it. But if you throw in the towel early, then you're never going to. If you want it, you got to keep doing it. It might not come to you, but don't fucking quit on it unless you just really don't want like. Like if some if somebody's a, a good like uh filmmaker, you know, but they're not having a big why don't quit on it. Like I wasn't a film like I wasn't that. When I I was like I wanted to be a filmmaker, but I didn't really want to be a filmmaker. Like I thought I wanted to be a filmmaker. Right. Because I didn't have all the formal training. I didn't know all the glossary terms. It's one thing I struggled when I was in high school. I did that TV tech right. um class. I, I couldn't get through all the glossary. So I didn't know a lot of terms for TV, let alone movies, you know, and then setting up shops, uh, shots. And I got all these different books and I start reading everything. And I'm like, this is really hard. I didn't know anything about Aperture. I didn't know anything about anything as far as because not only are, are you directing somebody, but you have to, you know, set up the camera. You have to know how to set up the camera. You don't know how to frame things, how to tell the story. Yeah. And low budget films, especially you're the DP or the director. You're everything. You're, you're everything. Yeah. You're everything. And it's like. I didn't want to be everything. I, I, I wanted help. I wanted other people. I, cause I've always seen other people get all the help that they need, you know, from it's like, you. I know so many people. It's like, Oh yeah, I have like 50 guys helping me. It's like, how, how do you have 50 guys? I can't even get three. Yeah. And the one guy I get fucking such a good actor is always coming up, coming over drunk. Or no, actually came over sober and then we get hammered. Yeah, I mean, I think like it just, I think one of the mistakes we made is we we were recruiting friends and like people in film school or acting classes. Oh, it would be or, totally or, different today. Yeah, it would be totally different today. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I I would I I already know one person. Uh, I already know one person that, that that's local that I would talk to about. Hey, do you have any anybody that's, you know kind of like in your field mm -hmm. but that's a little hungry for maybe some kind of you know credits or something right um yeah man i don't know it's it's all it's 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 interesting i just i, I just think that the some people i think that they can learn from other people's where, where they didn't have that back then and i do feel bad i feel awful for people like van gogh you know there, there's a lot of uh or van gogh well, i mean poe would have known about van gogh because Van Gogh was well before that, wasn't he? Van Gogh was in like the 1700s, was he, was he not? I and don't know. Poe was in the 1800s. I know. I think Poe lived long after, not long after, but relic, like I think the distance between Van Gogh and Poe is between like Poe no, and us. No, Van, Van Gogh is 1853 to 1890. Okay. Why did you bring up Poe? Because I was talking about Poe earlier. Oh, you were. Yeah. Sorry, as people who. Sorry. Uh, and. No, Poe would not have known about Van Gogh, being that Poe died before Van Gogh oh, was born. Van Gogh should have known about Poe. Maybe Poe wasn't famous yet. 
Maybe it happened later. Yeah, he died uh, four years. I didn't realize Van Gogh was around that recently. I thought Van Gogh was like the 1700s. That's my bad. You know what that's like for me? Uh, 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 Picasso. Everybody says that. Like, you think Picasso's is like old painters. Like, he died in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Well, so did Dolly, didn't he? I believe so, yeah. Dolly. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you, you brought up rose-colored glasses. I did. And it brings me to something else. What does it bring you to? This week in Philly. <laughs> What's it called? What's it called? It came from Philly. It came from Philly. Uh, bifocals. Now listen. By golly. I'm not going to give you all the the deets on bifocals, but by all accounts, invented by Benjamin Franklin out of Philly. Yeah. Also, possibly the trifocals. Do you know the trifocals? Yeah, it's it's where it's 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 a, an extra focal. Right. It's like a bifocal, but there's more focal in it. Right. You can focal more. You can it, get your focus on. Right. It's like, look, I I need three focals. Yeah. And if you're in the south, you're a focal yokel. I you're, think you're Cletus the jet, slack jawed focal. See, I was trying to think of the slack jaw word. I couldn't remember <laughs> what it was. Uh So the the. Trifocals were created in 1827 by John Isaac Hawkins. Philadelphia's own John. No, he, he's actually from uh, England. Oh, uh, but he was married uh, in New Jersey, was living at Bordentown in Philadelphia. Oh, so it is quite possibly that uh, that he came up with it there. Yeah, who knows? Well, I'm sure he knows, but he's dead, so he can ask him. Yeah. Oh, he operated a non-vocational craft school in Bristol. Oh. You are familiar with Bristol. Yeah. Uh, the the Worldwide Dojo is there, The formerly the Ring of Honor Wrestling Academy. Right, yeah. Well, uh, speaking of wrestling, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, do you want to take a break? Do you need any break? Well, we do oh, our you live do, you read. Do the live yeah, read. we do the live read real quick. Yeah. So... The live read is for the the podcast I do that I talk about wrestling besides this one. So if you don't get enough of me talking about wrestling here, you can always listen to the Tornado Tag podcast over uh, with our friends at the IWEP Network. It comes on Thursday nights, 7 p.m. I think it's going to be starting a little late this week, but this will come out after that show airs, so you don't know that. Hi, Kelly. And so, yeah, thir- <laughs> Thursday at 7 uh most nights it, i think now the video is going to be on youtube there's a separate channel now for tornado tag podcast hi andy <laughs> and uh hi, hi tony so if you just look up you're gonna say hi to me too hi hi brian hi so yeah you, if you, you wanna um, shake hands what you want to shake no hands? i don't I'll, I'll give you the dead fish handshake i'll give you the worker handshake do they even do that anymore? I've shaken hands with a, a lot of indie wrestlers. Nobody's ever given me the fish hand. Wow. I think it's seen as like, if somebody does it, like, what the fuck is that guy doing? Like, it, it probably now is something like, like oh, he's he's a mark. Yeah, yeah. Fucking nerd. No, I, no. People either because of the pandemic don't really shake hands now. Right, yeah. Or if they do, they just shake hands like a normal human being. Well, since you chewed, I'm going to chew away from the microphone. So, yeah, while he's chewing, uh, I don't know what we're doing on the episode of Tornado Tag Podcast that's going to come out after this one. I think we might be covering an upcoming local show. Uh, this is going to come out actually the uh, the Sunday before a PPW show coming up with PCO against Alpha Jr. on that show. I wonder who's going over. 
I predict a double disqualification. If I had to guess, I'm going to predict a double disqualification. That is my my expert prognostication. And there's, there's other things going to be on that show, too, obviously. I'm trying to think of other name people are going to be on there that you might know. Davey Richards, Casey Navarro, who is a MLW guy who's a PPW fixture. He'll be there. Hopefully, our, our buddy Andy Hedder will be on the show. He did recently lose the TV title there, but whatever. This is about the podcast. So it's Tornado Tag Podcast on YouTube. You can watch the video there. The audio, you can find it at IWPnetwork.com. And that's the end of this plug. Donk. All right. Do you need to take an actual break or should we get no. right into it? No, we can get right into it. But but before we do that, uh, let's get out some plugs. If you have oh, any questions. Plugs. That's right, yeah. Uh, any questions or comments, email. Uh, e- e- email? Email. Yeah, no, it was the other way. Emote. Emo us. Uh, email us. Emo Phillips us. Email I have us I have a mouthful of sun chips. at gmail.com. Right. Uh, you could look up uh, look look up us fuss. Find what? us on Twitter. I can't speak today. At dude. Philly Suplex. I don't like your emo Phillips. I've never did. Call me Mr. Butterfingers. I don't like emo Phillips. Maybe oh, that's why. Maybe that's why. You're not an emophiliac? No. Um, Philly Suplex on, on Twitter, Twitter yep. and Suplex on Facebook and Instagram. So if you you know questions or comments, email us or send us a message. Uh, and ProjectHumanoid.com is where you can buy merch. I don't know if the merch is up yet. Uh, I don't remember. Actually, I think that there's another. I think there's a shirt, but I'm going to pull that stuff again mm-hmm. and throw uh, a, a, an updated version of it. Um, I'm doing it myself. I don't have somebody doing it for me. Um, so it's not going to be as good as I want it to be. <laughs> I could dictate like how I want it to be to somebody else that has actual skill, but I don't have that person. I have me. So you get what you get and you don't get upset or you just don't buy it, but please buy it. Cause Christmas is coming. And if you buy it, you're allowed to get upset. Just don't return it, please. Right. If you want to be upset about it. That's fine. I, we can't stop you. Yeah. Just stomp, stomp the floor or something. All right, let's get into it. So uh, what, what are we talking about today? This is kind of a continuation of a show we did a few weeks ago. We were talking about the Thanksgiving wrestling, and we kind of ended that with Survivor Series. But before Survivor Series, we talked about Starcade. Mm. The last Thanksgiving Starcade was in 1987. Survivor Series kind of pushed it off its Thanksgiving home. But Starcade didn't end. Starcade was still the granddaddy of a mall. It was still... By and large, the flagship pay-per-view for WCW, for, for a lot of the 90s, they treated other ones as bigger. Like, uh, I think they they treated Super Brawl as a big one for a little bit. Sometimes Halloween Havoc had a bigger thing or the Great American Bash. But Starcade was the legacy pay-per-view. It was their WrestleMania. And it, it got moved to December. Once, like, WWF kind of had pay-per-view locked down on Thanksgiving, they moved Starcade to December. And that started in 1988 with Starcade True Grit which was on December 26th, 1988, Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. That is Boxing Day, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, this was in the Norfolk Scope in Norfolk, Virginia. This was actually the first uh, pay-per-view, not just Starcade, but the first pay-per-view that WCW did after Turner bought Jim Crockett Promotions. It was very shortly after. And it was a big, tumultuous time. If you ever remember the story, this was the show where Dusty was booking and he said Rick Steiner's going to beat Ric Flair for the, the, the world title in five minutes. Uh, yeah. And it was because he wanted Flair to lose 
Rick Steiner was seen as the toughest guy in the locker room, and he was going to take it from Flair one way or the other, and he wanted Flair out. And what happened was Crockett sold, because Crockett was ready to say goodbye to Flair. And because Crockett thought Dusty was God's gift to wrestling. Right. But then when Ted Turner bought Jim, Jim Crockett Promotions, the main person he wanted to buy it for was Ric Flair. So that wasn't happening. They also banned blood, and then Dusty booked an angle where the Road Warriors turned heel, and they bloodied Dusty up, Dusty up. So he got fired as Booker. So when we get to this show, Dusty's on his way out. He's uh, He's a few months away from going to the WWF and putting on some polka dots. That that's that's coming in 1989, but this is the end of '88. So let's just run down the card here. Opening matches for the United States title: Kevin Sullivan and Steve Williams, the Varsity Club, uh, defeated the Fantastics to win the NWA United States Tag Team Title. Which is Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers. Very criminally underrated tag team. Yeah. So 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 good. Just a hair below the Rock and Roll Express. And by the way, this this next uh, match, I I remember this one. This was the Midnight Express, Jim Cornette's Midnight Express, Bob Eaton and Sweet Stan Lane against Paul E. Dangerously's original Midnight Express, Loverboy Dennis Condry and Randy Rose, who were legitimately part of the original Midnight Express. It was them and Norville Austin. I, I remember this. I remember this, uh, this match. I remember this happening, and I didn't... I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now. Yeah. Like I look back, I'm like, holy shit. That is so fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the, it was the more famous one that expressed against the people who actually started it. Right. A lot of people argue the most famous one was Eaton and Condry. Uh, more so than Condry, definitely more than Condry and Rose, but it's, it, it's like, if, if you tell people like name the midnight express, they're probably going to say Eaton and Lane or Eaton and Condry. Right. Uh, next match was the Russian assassins. Against, uh, they defeated the Junkyard Dog and Ivan Koloff. And the assassins here with Paul Jones as their manager were uh, Jack Victory and the Angel of Death. Okay. Now, Angel of Death, wait a minute. Was that, that's not the dude that had the thing with Sting, was it? Angel, he did wrestle Sting once or twice. There was thought that he might wind up beating the Black Scorpion. So that was him. Yeah, but he wound up getting his leg broken. They were like, that wouldn't be a great reveal anyway. Oh, the, so that is him. Yeah, that's Angel of Death. Okay. I remember, right, that, that's the whole... I think he sting. was... Sting! Well, that was Ole singing, singing Right, sting, right, yeah. but, the, but... But Angel of Death may have been the guy under the mask that night. A lot of different people were the were the Black Scorpion. No, 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 no. I'm not saying him even being involved. I, right. I know that, that there was, I guess, internal talk that it could mm-hmm. possibly be him. And like that the, would, the, that pipe, would be... the pipe dream was Warrior, and they knew they weren't going to get him. But oh, the pipe really? dream was they wanted to get Warrior to be the Black Scorpion. See, it'd be really cool if you if you you, you tell this backstory about this guy that you know that that wrestled him or he you know you could just even fabricate a, an old rivalry. Maybe they did wrestle and yeah. nobody really gives a shit, but you could say like this was his big rival in this other you know yeah other territory years ago. I thought that like when when you start to tell the story that didn't happen, and it's like that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I, so this guy is Assassin 1, and Assassin 2 is Jack Victory, who we I know from ECW. Yeah, he was also, he, because the sheep herders. Dennis Condry, he was known as being kind of flighty. That's how Stan Lane got the Midnight Express to begin with. Okay. Because Dennis Condry was like, yeah, I'm done, and he would leave. Uh, so eventually Jack Victory became part of the, the Midnight Express. It was like the new original Midnight Express, and it was Jack Victory and Randy Rose. Oh. He was with the, he was a flag bearer for the sheep herders for a yeah. minute. And then, so was another guy, Rip Morgan. And when the sheep herders left and became the Bushwhackers, Rip Morgan and Jack Victory became first the New Zealand militia. Right. 
and then the royal family. Right. So uh, the Russian assassins, uh, they go against... JYD and Ivan Koloff, and they win. I'm guessing Ivan Koloff is a baby face here, which okay. is very strange. Okay. Well, th- didn't they have uh, Nikita turn on him? Yeah, but Nikita was charismatic. Well, no, but th- they had Nikita him- was gone at this point. Nikita turned babyface on him. Oh, he turned babyface on him. And I guess Ivan turned babyface later. Yeah. I cannot okay. imagine Ivan Koloff as a babyface. Yeah, face. it's strange. All right. So next match was for the NWA World Television title. Rick Steiner wins the title from Mike Rotunda of the Varsity Club. Okay. And then for the United States title, reigning champion Barry Windham with J.J. Dillon. I guess Barry Windham was part of the Horseman at this point. Uh, defeated Bam Bam. Yeah, I'm guessing he was. If he had Dillon in his corner. He beat Bam with Bam Bigelow Gwildor by Gwildor from He-Man. Gwildor, rather. Gwildor. Gwildor. J- yeah, that's Oliver Humperdinck. Oliver Humperdinck. Tell me he didn't look like him. He did. And he, and later on, he would be Big Daddy Dink. If you don't know who Gwildor is, he was just like red-headed troll wizardy looking guy from the He-Man movie with Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, Oliver Humperdinck, he he had that role. He was Big Daddy Dink. He was like the bodyguard of the Freebirds. Right. And for a minute, he was the Big Kahuna with uh, the Samoan SWAT team. Uh, yeah. And then they brought in Pauly for, for them, too, or they just made Pauly their manager. Next match was for the NWA World Tag Team Championships. Sting and Dusty Rhodes beating... The Road Warriors by DQ. Again, this is Dusty's last pay-per-view match for NWA slash WCW, probably until he came out of retirement uh, to team with Dustin, I'm going to guess, in the war games when he was the nasty dream. Yeah. So then you had, in your main event of the evening, Ric Flair successfully defends the NWA world title against Lex Luger. And what's the uh, number eight there? That is a dark match where the Junkyard Dog won a battle royal. Okay, so he, he's doing double duty that night. Yeah, he last eliminated Abdul the Butcher. a 17-man, $50,000 bunkhouse battle royal. Yeah. Also including Commando Ray, who was Ray Candy. Commando Boone, who may have been Brady Boone, who was Battle oh, Cat. Okay. I'm, not sh- I'm not sure about that. Okay. Uh, Eddie Gilbert, Dick Murdoch, Kendall Wyndham, who is not yet going to jail, but he's close. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, Tommy Rogers. Bobby Fulton, so the Fantastics also pay, uh, doing double duty. So are Dennis Condry and Randy Rose. And Stan Lane. Dr. Death, Steve Williams, Bob Eaton, Stan Lane, Larry Zabisco, and yes. Al Perez. All right. Also one of the Black Scorpions, Al Perez. Holy shit. So then we go, go to 1989. But, but, and by the way, that Starcade, what a fucking, what, what a goddamn roster, dude. Yeah, they, they were still very strong at this point. What a fucking roster. They were very- now, now, who knows, man? May, Maybe that's how somebody's going to look back at NXT a few years ago when you had, like, the Undisputed Era and Gargano yeah. and Champ. You know what and I mean? And every like, show was just loaded with great matches, yeah. Like, I, some of the roster today, I'm like, I wish that I could pluck them out and stick them in, like, NXT, like, two years ago. Good NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, some of the people, like, Braun Breaker. Yeah. I want him. He's the one for me, like, more than anybody. There's a There's a bunch of them that I would take. But uh, that that that's for maybe uh, later. Uh, but all right, so let's get, let's get into this. So, Starcade '89. This starts the era of Starcade where it gets very gimmicky, and they have like a gimmick theme to every show. Okay. So '89 is <laughs> when the- that's funny as shit that I just said undisputed era. And what is Starcade '89 called? Future Shock, which was the name of uh, uh, Adam this- Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Or no, Adam. Yeah, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, that was their that was their team name, right? I believe it was. Yeah. So this was a this was a concept pay-per-view where they had the idea that they're going to do a one-night round-robin tournament 
where they would have four singles guys and four tag teams. Everybody would wrestle all the other people. And you would get points. You get like so many points for a pin, so many points for a submission, so many points for a count out. A draw would be like five points for each person. They had like this convoluted scoring system. Teaser, this was a flop. This did not go well. Because it's just like the same people over and over again. So you got, like I said, so many points for each kind of w each win and each type of win. Kind of like how in soccer or hockey, you get like two points for a win, a point for a draw, a point if you're losing overtime. It was like that. So so here's how it goes. The Steiner brothers in the opener beat Doom. Lex Luger beats Sting. The Road Warriors beat Doom. Ric Flair beats the Great Muda in a heel versus heel match because I think Ric Flair... No, Ric Flair is still a babyface at this point. This was the end of his babyface run. Uh, the Steiners beat the Road Warriors. Sting beats Muda. The Samoans with the Big Kahuna beat Doom. Ric Flair and Luger ends in a draw in 17 minutes, 15 seconds. Jeez. So, so I don't know if they were gimmicking it like to be a 15-minute draw or a 20-minute draw, but either way, it was a draw. The Samoans beat the Steiners by DQ. Are you confused yet? Uh, Luger beat Muda by DQ. The Road Warriors beat the Samoans. And then Sting beat Flair. So the way the tournament shakes out, Sting wins the singles tournament with 40 points. And then Luger had 25. Flair, or Luger had 35. Flair had 25. And Muda had none because he lost every match. <laughs> Poor Muda. And then the team thing, the Road Warriors win. The Steiners are second. Again, it's 40-35. The Simones get 30. Doom had none because they lost every match. Poor Doom. So, yeah, that that was not a big success, and they never did that concept again. Good. I'm glad. They replaced I mean, it with Battle Bowl. Or no, they didn't. I'm sorry. That's that's going to be a 91. I got ahead of myself. You did get ahead of yourself, and I loved Battle Bowl. <laughs> I, I actually kept saying, I was like, AEW needs to do Battle Bowl. Yeah. They need to do I love it. I do it. like the Lethal Lottery thing. It's fun. I loved it. I fucking loved it, dude. You know what I liked about it? I liked when... Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw it. <laughs> he just... You're an asshole. He just clicked on uh, a the picture of the Black Scorpion. I'm not going to say whose chin that is in the mask. Yeah, I don't know how you could ever guess who that is under that mask. Um, it doesn't look distinctive at all. Yeah. Um, he didn't wrestle just like him in the match either. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, and he didn't have a tuft of blonde hair sticking out of the back of his mask. Um, and he didn't only agree to do it because he was going to win the title after that in two weeks. What I liked about uh, Lethal Lottery, Battle Bowl, whatever, is when you'd have, like, they show the locker room with all the baby faces yeah. hanging out, and then, you know, like, the heel all the heels. Room, yeah. yeah, and it's just like, God, dude, I love that. There's something so cool about that. All right. Yeah, the gimmick for 1990 Starcade was the Pat O'Connor... Memorial Tag Team Tournament. Okay. And it was a tag team tournament where, like, each country had a represent representative and, and like, there could only be one winner. I don't know what the big prize was. I think it was supposed to be, like, money or what something. What year is this? Nin it was, was the end of 1990. Uh, okay. December. The exact date was December 16th, 1990. Okay, because I, you know you know why I just said that. Why is that? Number three. The third match. Okay, yeah. Because uh, that was confusing because I don't think I've ever... I don't think I remember seeing uh, the second name there. The first name, well, obviously. I, you, I I think you're thinking of the second name's nephew. Oh, yeah. that's oh. You know what? I did see this. I did. I did see this before. So, uh, opening match, non-tournament, is Bobby Eaton mm -hmm. and the Z-Man Tom Zink, and Bobby Eaton beats the Z-Man. The second match is should have been a good match. 
Yeah, I would imagine. It's a short match, eight minutes, but... Yeah. Uh, second match, the Steiner brothers, representing the USA, beat the South African team of Colonel DeClerc, who I believe is going to be Rocco Rock. Yep. And I don't know who S- Sergeant Kruger was, and it's not listed here. Oh, it, I got to watch that. I mean, back. It's, it's on Peacock. Ted Petty, was, he was a solid worker. Yeah, especially back then when he was younger. It was uh, in better I forgot. Shape. I always forget that he was older. Yeah, so they both were, yeah. How old? Just ho- hover over his thing. Did this, oh, it doesn't say. No, he was born in 1963, so even then he was like... 53. 53, so even then he was like in his 30s, yeah. Oh, he died on my son's birthday almost 20 years ago. Holy shit. So then our second match is Conan and Rey Mysterio. Not that Rey Mysterio was his, his, fa- his uncle. His uncle. Rey right. Mysterio Sr. Right, right, right. Uh, because, I, and I do remember this because I do remember seeing Rey Mysterio Sr. wrestling. Uh, he And Conan and Rey Mysterio, and it is that Conan... They defeated Gentleman Chris Adams and Norman Smiley. Yes, that Norman Smiley. Uh, that was Team United Kingdom. Yeah. Next match was Mr. Saito and the Great Muda, representing Japan. Right. They beat the Royal Family. We talked about them earlier, Rip Morgan and Jack Victory. Yeah. And then uh, Team Soviet Union, Salman ha- Hashmikov and Viktor Zangiev, who were like legit amateur wrestlers. I think one of them, I think. Is that where they get like Zangief from? Uh, it could be, yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Hashimkov, pro- I think, was an IWGP champion. If you look, uh, yeah, and he became the cultural inspiration for the Zangief character in the Street Fighters. Yeah, I was gonna say, if you hover over his name, it'll probably give you. And it yeah, did. Th- those oh, two, shit. those two could rest. They were like mat wrestling machines. Really? Yeah, and they beat the Canadian team of Danny Johnson and Troy Montour, who I don't know a whole lot about. Okay, wow, dude, I got to go back and watch that. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And then uh, some more non-tournament matches. You had Michael Wall Street with Alexandra York of the York Foundation beating Terry Taylor who would wind up becoming like the leader of the York Foundation because shortly after this, Michael Wall Street leaves right. to become IRS. Yeah. And Terry Taylor becomes the new leader of the York Foundation. Terrence this, Taylor. Terrence Taylor. Yeah, they would always take people and like, why? it was, And they'd look for people who just had Bobby, like... Bobby uh, Eaton was... No, no, he was no, no. That was a different. That was the Blue Bloods. That, that was, was the Blue Bloods. Earl Robert Eaton. Yeah. This was when Ricky Morton became Richard Morton. Richard Morton. That's who I was thinking Terry of. And Terry Taylor became Terrence Taylor. Yeah, how do you turn Ricky Morton heel? And Tommy Rich became, by being dumb and not knowing how to book, because that's a baby face. And, uh, and Tommy Rich became Thomas Rich. Right. Uh, the skyscrapers, the, uh, the canonical skyscrapers, the real skyscrapers, Danny Spivey and Sid Vicious, all respect to The Undertaker, beat the big cat, Curtis Hughes, and the Motor City Madman, uh, who didn't do a whole lot. Man, what does it say? Man Mountain... Mike Moore. <clears throat> Man, Man Mountain Mike Moore. Okay. Yeah, he didn't do a whole lot. Wow. All right. And then you had Tommy Rich and Ricky Morton, who would... We just mentioned. Yeah, become a... I guess Robert Gibson... Oh, no, Robert, Robert Gibson was in their corner. I'm going to guess he was hurt. Yeah. Uh, beating the Freebirds. Maybe it was like a Lloyds of London thing. I don't think he had one of those. Oh. He wasn't from Minnesota. Oh. Uh, he, they beat the Freebirds, <laughs> Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes with Little Richard Marley, who was Rocky King. Okay. Uh, and then we go back to the tournament... You have the Steiners beating Conan and Rey Mysterio. You have Muda and Saito beating Zangiev and ha- Hashmikov. Then for the U.S. title in a Texas Lariat match, Ooh. Lex Luger reclaims the U.S. title from Stan Hansen. They really pushed the shit out of Lex Luger, didn't they? He was always the world champion in waiting. And then Sting kind of leapfrogged him. And then Sting got hurt. And then Luger became the champion when Flair left. But yeah, Luger was always like that upper level guy. I always liked Luger. Uh, hear, like some, I mean, Luger, everybody thought Luger was going to be a big deal. Uh, go, go ahead. You like Luger. Sorry. I'm going to cut you off there. No, go ahead. No. Um, 
No, Luger, everybody thought he was going to be the guy that would eclipse Hogan. He's like, yeah. oh, it's Hulk Hogan, but he's more athletic, and he's got a better body, <clears throat> that's and he's exactly. not as charismatic. They, didn't, well, they th- forgot that part. Yeah. They forgot that part. But he, he was... Because there, there were people with better bodies than Hulk Hogan. They weren't Hulk Hogan. I, and I get that. Because Hulk I, Hogan was I special. totally get that, but Luger was all right. No, Luger was good. Luger is underrated now, I think. Luger's, Wait, Luger's good. I always like Luger, just like I like Tony Schiavone. that personality that popped. I didn't think that he had i think that he had so much i don't know how to describe it there was just like this presence he had Mm -hmm. i thought especially when he came out dude when he was the narcissist and then he came out with that red white and blue shirt on the the, the intrepid and it was like (gasps) i remember being a kid because it's like i'll show them i'm gonna make him hogan Dude, and, and but when he came out and he slammed Yoko, I was I was marking the fuck out. How, I still, how old were you? I was about to turn ten, so I was thirteen years old, and mm-hmm. I was a fucking mark for Lex Luger at that. I, point. I was too, and I I I think back to it now, and I'm like, how big could he have been if they would have just said it's SummerSlam? Because they, they the idea was like, oh, we're gonna stretch it out to WrestleMania, and then he beats Yokozuna, right? And it didn't work because they're like, okay, we're gonna just gonna put it on Brett now. The, the moment passed. What if they pull the trigger at SummerSlam and Luger wins the title there? I think he would have been pretty big. Yeah, I do too. Um, but it didn't I, happen. Dude, the Lex Express yeah. was fucking awesome. They had so much with that dude. And then they, they were like, nah, we're just going to put him with Davy Boy. And then they made fun of it later. Because uh, do you remember Steve Austin said that? He was like, uh, hey, Vince, remember you had a guy, you pinned up a bus, red, white, and blue, and you had him go around shaking hands and kissing babies? Yeah. He's like, why don't you give me a bus? We'll paint it black. And anybody that shows up will come out there and whip their ass. <laughs> Such a fucking good promo. It was all <laughs> Steve Austin was so great. But but what's yeah? But again, it's one of those. But he was he was at that point. I think he was still a heel. No, no, and that's fine. But that shit right there mm-hmm. just destroys anything that came before it. Yeah. And now you got to top that. And how do you top right. the best? It's you know it's it's like anything else like hip hop. You can't top what the best was. And so they come out with this bullshit today. Wrestling. You, uh, how do you top the best fucking shit? How do you top the best promos? Yeah. Who's going to top? No, I'm serious. When I ask this, who's going to top The Rock? Nobody. John Cena came close. He did. He did. John Cena came real fucking close. Mm-hmm. Um, MJF is trying to be that dude, but he is. He's still- really good for his era. Right. He's really good for his era. But I don't think anybody's going to be as memorable as the fucking rock on, yeah. on, on on the stick. I just don't. I just don't think so. I agree. Uh, Stone Cold was fucking amazing. Didn't he sell like the, isn't he the biggest um, merch seller? I think he still has sold the most t-shirts of any. Maybe Cena over the years beat him out, but I know he beat Hulkamania really quick. Right. Like he, there was a point in the mid, late 90s where they were selling a, a Steve Austin shirt like every 12 seconds because it was in stores at that point too i was gonna you say gotta remember when hogan was at his peak yeah like the only merch you could get from wwf like the toys were in stores but as far as like t-shirts and stuff it was either you bought them when you were at the show or you bought them out of a catalog right. they weren't at, you couldn't go to like kmart and buy a hulk hogan shirt usually yeah i, I don't th- yeah because they, they weren't on racks like they are now. yeah you could buy them everywhere yeah F- like fye yeah. fuck not F- yeah fye mm-hmm. um uh, uh, i was gonna say suncoast uh hot topic, hot topic well, i know hot thing. topic had like the bullet club shirt was their best-selling shirt for a while yeah and now i think it's some kind of aw shirt yeah so it, it was it was everywhere in the night it's <sighs> even more places now even though people aren't going to malls like they used to okay but anyway 
Fant- again, another fantastic card, man. Well, yeah, and then Doom uh, beat Arn Anderson, Barry, well, fought Barry Woodham and Arn Anderson with no contest in a street fight. That's a no contest, okay? Okay. Um, the Steiners huh. won the tournament over Muda and Saito. In, in seven minutes and 19 seconds. Because, again, 14 matches on the card, so they rushed everything. Right, right, Like right. I'm looking, the longest match on the card is 16 minutes or 18 minutes, whatever that is. I can't read it in 31 seconds. And that's your main event in a cage. Mask versus title with Dick the Bruiser as your special guest referee. Huh. I'm going to guess they were in Detroit. They were or St. Louis. Same thing. Uh, not the same thing, but it's also Dick the Bruiser territory. Uh, Sting defeated the Black Scorpion, who then unmasked as, of course, Ric Flair. Which was what? not Which was not the idea when they first started. And they had, like I was saying earlier, shortly after this match, like the next month, Ric Flair won the title because like, I'll, I'll be the Black Scorpion, but I want the belt back. They couldn't even give him a mask that hides his fucking Ric Flair face. Yeah, and he wrestled like Ric Flair, and he had his blonde hair was sticking out of the mask. It was it was an awfully kept secret. It was it was the uh, Mister America, or whatever the fuck. It yeah, was I mean, and up up until that point, it wasn't like a that Midnight Rider like a joke. Yeah, it was like who is this guy? I mean, I mean, people look back and they thought it was a joke. No, uh, it wasn't set up, as but a it wasn't joke. it wasn't meant to be a joke. Yeah, yeah. So then we had because ba- Oli's a fucking nerd. Ollie's a nerd and a mark for himself. Sting. And it's, it, oh, everybody yeah. had the same voice. Yeah, that, the that's Shockmaster, the Black Scorpion. Yeah, that's that's his... All right, ready? You want to hear my impersonation of uh, Doc Holliday? Sure. Sting. <laughs> I'm Doc Holliday. I'm Doc Holliday Sting. And I'm here for Sting. I'm coming through the wall. So uh, this is 1991 Starcade, the Lethal Lottery in Norfolk once again. December 28th or 29th, 1991. This is the first Battle Bowl. And they did two of them in, in, in the whole show is the Battle Bowl. And again, the way Battle Bowl works is you have all these guys, almost like a Royal Rumble, you have everybody's name in a hopper, and you draw two people, they're a tag team, you draw two more people, they're a tag team, and then the two tag teams go against one another, and the winners go, go forward into a Battle the Royal. Gave, they gave forward. The winners go forward into a Battle Royal. Mm. Uh, and the winner wins the Battle Bowl Championship ring. I don't think you had any sort of um, prize other than that, although Sting did wind up getting a title shot of Super Brawl the next year and winning. I don't know if he won- got that title shot because he won Battle Bowl. But, so here are your results. We'll run through them really quickly. Marcus Bagwell and Jimmy Garvin defeated Michael Hayes and Tracy Smothers. The gimmick there being the Freebirds are on opposite sides of the ring. Steve Austin and Rick Rude, uh, Steve Austin's first Starcade appearance, they defeated Van Hammer and Big Josh, who would uh, very shortly after this, well, not very shortly, like about a year after this, would become Doink. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, the natural, and Richard Morton of the York Foundation beat Larry Zabisco and El Igante, uh, who would become Giant Gonzalez shortly after. Bill Kazmaier of World's Strongest Man fame. Yeah. And Jushin Thunder Liger. What a tag team. What a tag team. Bill Kazmaier and Jushin Liger. Beat DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, and Mike Graham in a rare wrestling appearance for WCW. Lex Luger and Arn Anderson defeated Terrence Taylor and the Z-Man. Ricky Steamboat and Todd Champion, who was part of the... They were called the Patriots. They were a tag team. It was him and Firebreaker Chip. And Todd Champion was like a... uh, And what year is this? This is 1991. Okay. So the Dangerous Alliance is in full swing at this point, I believe. Yeah, Steve Austin and Rick Rude. And then Medusa's with Zabisco. Yeah, this is the Dangerous Alliance era. Because there's a name missing off of this card. And I'm wondering... Uh, 
Wait, but yeah, go ahead. Ricky Steamboat and Todd Champion defeated Cactus Jack and Buddy Lee Parker. Uh, Todd Champion, uh, that was uh, that was the guy who was in. Um, like I said, he was part of this team called the Patriots. The Patriots. Are you thinking of Chris Champion? Chris Champion. That was Yoshi Kwan. Yoshi Kwan. Different that's, guy. That's what I'm thinking of. Yep. Sting and Abdul the Butcher beat Brian Pillman and Bobby Eaton. Big Van Vader and Mr. Hughes defeated Rick Steiner and the Night Stalker. Okay. Who was Brian Clark, who soon became Adam Bomb in the WWF. Right, right. Scott Steiner and Firebreaker Chip, who was Todd Champion's partner, defeated Arachna Man, who was just, he looked just like Spider-Man, but he was the WCW colors. He was purple and yellow. And Johnny B. Bad. And of course, Arachna Man was? Uh, uh Bad Street, right? Who was? <laughs> Brad Armstrong. Yes, Brad Armstrong and Johnny B. Bad. Ron Simmons and Thomas. Rich. I had to think for a second because I know it was an arm shot. I was like, yeah. which thousand? The arms? good one. The really good one. They couldn't. They had no charisma. Scott. No. Uh, Steve. The best one. In Brian. the ring. The Bri best one in the ring. Brian. What? You're certainly not saying Brian, Brian Armstrong was the best worker of the brothers because he, he was the worst. He was the most charismatic and the biggest star, but he was the worst wrestler. I don't admit think it. he was the worst. Who was the worst? Probably Scott. Scott. Scott was pretty good. Uh, but Ron Simmons and Thomas Rich beat Steve Armstrong and PN News. And then Sting less lim eliminated Lex Luger to win the Battle Bowl. Who do you think's missing? Flair? Yeah. Flair was gone. Oh, Flair, in 91? I thought he left in 92. Flair left in the middle of 91. Oh. Right before the Great American Bash. And then Luger won the title. And then Flair... The first... Because, uh, yeah, SummerSlam 91 is when Heenan goes to Hogan's door with the belt. And he's challenging him for uh, on behalf of Ric Flair. Then he, yeah, because a month after this, Flair wins the WWF title. Now, the does he go over as Flair or does he go over as uh, Black Scorpion? Flair. Oh, okay. So he was like, I'm your Huckleberry. No, no. Only Ole Anderson would not do business with Vince McMahon in 1991. Right. I can guarantee that. Hmm. So then uh, Lethal Lottery 2 is in Starcade 92. This is the Bill Watts era at WCW. So no over the top rope except for the Battle Royal. No jumping off the top rope. So uh, we did have a dark match here. Brad Armstrong beat Shanghai Pierce. Oh, uh, which which Shanghai Pierce was um, Mark Canterbury. Mark Canterbury, yeah. Uh, Henry, Henry Godwin, Godwin yeah. Had to wear a mask because he was too handsome to be a heel. Which is so stupid. <laughs> uh, in your in your Battle Bowl matches, Lethal Lottery matches, Van Hammer and Danny Spivey somehow defeated Johnny B. Bad and Cactus Jack. Huh. Well, I I get it. They're both like big fucking guys. Yeah, I mean, but Danny Spivey's a little past his prime, and Van Hammer stunk. But he was big. He was. He big. was jacked. Um, know? he was what like six 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 seven. He was a big fella. Yeah, put together. Okay, and then you have uh, then you had Big Van Vader and Dustin Rhodes defeating Kensuke Sasaki and the Barbarian. Okay, the well that should have been a hard hitting match. Should have been, yeah. Uh, the Great Muda and Barry Windham defeated B Brian Pillman and Two Cold Scorpio. Here comes Two Cold Scorpio. Dr. Death, Steve Williams, again, Bill Watts is booking here, and Sting defeated Jushin Thunder Liger and Eric Watts. Okay. And those are your lethal lottery matches. It was a lot smaller this year. Masahiro Chono defeated the Great Muda by submission to Ooh. retain the NWA world title. Only 12 minutes, though. Ron Simmons defeated Steve Williams by DQ to retain the WCW world title. I remember this. That was supposed to be Ron Simmons and Rick Rude, but Rick Rude was hurt. Oh, okay. Shane Douglas and Ricky Steamboat defeated Barry Windham and Brian Pillman to retain the NWA and WCW World Tag Team Championships. Okay. Sting defeated Big Van Vader to win the King of Cable Tournament, which they had done for a while mm -hmm. leading up to this. And then the Great Muda wins the Battle Bowl by eliminating Barry Windham. What year did they do the thing with Sting and Vader with the 
uh, White Castle of Fear? Yeah, White Castle of Fear. That was a few months after this. That was in early 1992. Okay. Right after this show, like a few days after the show, Vader beat Ron Simmons to win back the world title. Shortly after that, Muda wins the NWA title, but he loses it to Wyndham. And I think the next pay-per-view after this was Super Brawl in February of 92. That is where they have the White Castle of Fear strap match. And that is where Ric Flair returns to the... 93, sorry. That is where Ric Flair returns to WCW. Because hmm. this was the end of 92. Starcade 93, possibly my favorite Starcade. Definitely my st- favorite Starcade main event. Probably the best story WCW told. This was the match where it's Vader is your dominant world champion who was run through everybody. And Ric Flair, back in, Green- in Charlotte, North Carolina's hometown for the 10th Starcade, is putting his career on the line for one last shot at the title. And if you go back, because they do things where Gene Okerlund, because Gene Okerlund was there already, he interviews uh, Flair at home, and you see uh, like David okay. Flair's there, a very young Charlotte Flair is there, and then they get in the limo, and they ride from the limo, they, they do the limo ride to the arena with Ric Flair. Yeah, that was great. And he's like, they look nervous, he's like, they're scared, Gene. Like, it, it, he's such a genuine baby face in this one, it, it, it was perfect storytelling. But before that, you did have a few other matches, you had Pretty Wonderful, Paul Ro- Orndorff and Paul Roma defeating two cold Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell. The Shockmaster, formerly Typhoon, defeated Awesome well, well, Kong oh, okay. with King now, Kong. Now, I know we're going, but what, what's with the uh, Terry Taylor equalizer match? Oh, that was a dark match. That's a dark match. Terry okay. Taylor defeated the equalizer, who became Dave Sullivan. Now, how, on this, I'm, I am curious. How do you know that's a dark match? Because, because there's a D next to the oh, number I could, one. Is that a D? That is a D. Oh, okay. Dude, I can't, I, I can't read. Uh, for the World Television Championship, Lord Steven Regal, mm-hmm. and this was kind of his gimmick back then, Fought Ricky Steamboat to a time limit draw. Okay. Uh, Cactus Jack and Max Payne defeated Tex Slazinger and Shanghai Pierce, who would later become the Godwins. In a two out of three falls match for the U.S. title. And, and uh, Max Payne goes on to be Man Mountain Rock yes, in, he does. in uh, WWF. And Cactus Jack goes on to be Mankind. Yeah. Then Steve Austin, who goes on to become Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. Defeats Dustin Rhodes, who goes on to become Gold Dust. Yeah. Two falls to none in a two out of three falls match. Rick Rude, the uh the, Who goes on to become Rick Rude. Yeah. He was the uh the international champion at this point, which was the big gold belt because they couldn't use the NWA thing anymore. Right. He was the WCW international t- champion here, and he successfully defends against the boss. Man. Is he big? Yeah. And then uh for the tag titles. That's the big boss man. Yeah. He was called he's the boss. The boss. Yeah. Sting and Road Warrior Hawk defeated the Nasty Boys. Uh, Nobs and Sags were the champions by DQ. So the Nasty Boys, with Missy Hyatt, retained the tag titles. She was so hot. That was like her peak, too. Like, she was doing the whole nasty Missy Hyatt thing. You're right, yeah. And it was shortly before she left because uh, she found out they were... She had uh, fallen out of her top at a... at a, um, I think it was a TV show or house show or something, and somebody got a picture of it. And she found out they were like sharing it around the office at WCW. And then she quit and sued them for sexual harassment. Yeah. And then went and, <laughs> and then went and sh- sh- yeah. shared it with the world. But that was that, that because, was her decision. That yeah. was her decision. Yeah. 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 And I think that was originally supposed to be Sting and Davy Boy, but Davy Boy left. But my thing is, and I know and I understand that, but I my thing is is like I I don't know, man. It's it's just such a like were you really bothered then by it? I guess, I guess it, it's I, different too when it's like you're paywalling and it's something that's like kind of like 
privately that this is like your co-workers like yeah well it's definitely unprofessional she had yeah. every right to sue and i'm glad she did i'm just saying though it's like because there's some people that's like i don't want anybody seeing my fucking breasts right and and then it's like okay so was she suing then because she was really bothered or was she like ah, i can get it doesn't matter yeah. either way it should always be her decision it's her no I, and i agree with that but i but i i do at the same time like to think you know a little deeper than what's their motive you know because there might be a motive there and then the main event rick flair does defeat vader to regain the wcw world title in a match that wasn't even supposed to happen that was a that was an audible because that that main event was supposed to be sid beating vader for the wcw title and becoming the new number one baby face of the company but him and arn anderson had a scissor fight uh, a few months before this, and then they had to change all the plans, and Ric Flair got put in the mix. Mm. So I think it might have even been Flair and Sting might have been, instead of Flair and uh, Sting and Davy Boy, might have been Sting and Flair were supposed to wrestle in Nasty Boys or something like that. But hey, whenever WCW had its back against the wall and needed something, in case of in case of emergency, break glass and bring out Ric Flair, and he'll save the day every time. 1994, though, it's uh, it's Hulk Hogan now. Hulk Hogan is the big star in WCW. It's all Hulkamania, brother. Uh, the main event is Vader beating Hacksaw Jim Duggan for the U.S. title. And this is where it goes to shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, where it goes to shit, because you had me on pretty much every fucking match so far for the last few years. Yeah. And now you got Vader, who, who I love. Yeah, beating Jim Duggan. Duggan, who I but never at, liked. But at the end of this, Vader also calls out Hogan, and you start that feud at okay. the end of show. Okay. Uh, your second match is Das Wunderkind, Alex Wright. Which I wasn't a fucking mark for back then. He defeated uh, Jean-Paul Levesque. Whatever happened to that guy? Um, He probably went and had a heart attack or something like probably that. Probably did. Yeah. And nothing really happened in between. No, nothing. The uh, US or the TV title, Johnny he, B. Bad defeats Arn Anderson. He, he didn't go and... And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, uh Maria, the boss's, uh, daughter, uh, in W, uh, W, uh, whatever. Yeah, this is toward the end of his run, because Hunter Hearst Helmsley comes not that long after this. Yeah. Um, so then we have Johnny B. Bad defeating Arn Anderson for the TV title. Johnny B. Bad goes on to be Mark Merrow. Yes. The Nasty Boys, who went on to become the Nasty Boys. Yeah. Uh, they defeated Harlem Heat. By DQ. Now, at this point, they're Booker T and Stevie Ray. But yeah, Kane and Cole Kane was not that long. They were Kane and Cole before this. That didn't last too, too, too long. No, not. They were, uh, they were in Global. Uh, what were they called? The Ebony Experience, Yeah, right? and at that point, they were also Booker T and Stevie Ray. Okay. So they're Booker T and Stevie Ray as... The Ebony Experience. Ebony Experience. Then they come over here as Harlem Heat, but they're Kane and Cole. Right. And then they changed their name. Then uh, Mr. T, because Hogan's involved, Mr. T's involved, he beat Kevin Sullivan. Sting defeated Avalanche, formerly known as Earthquake, by disqualification. And yeah. your main event... And this is where it's getting goofy already, because yeah. we, we already have a bunch of goofy fucking... <laughs> it's very cartoonish at this point. It's They're trying to recreate WWF. They, that's exactly what... That's the kids' a, WWF of the late 80s, That's exactly 90s. what they're doing, and I hate it. And in your main event of Starcade, the granddaddy of them all, your mm -hmm. main event is Hulk Hogan successfully defending the WCW title against The Butcher. Now, The Blade wasn't there, and Bunny wasn't there either. No, this was also not the guy from Every Time I Die. Wait, this isn't Andy Williams? Williams, no. This is, uh, this is Brutus the Barber Beefcake, 
who had just been uh, unmasked as the guy under the mask who was attacking Hulk Hogan. It was his best friend who betrayed him, oh. and he was now the butcher oh. because they couldn't call him Brutus the Barber because WWF owned that. Uh, so he's the butcher now, and he's mean, and Hogan beat him. Well, you know what would have been cool with the butcher? Do you remember when he got real fucking lean, and he grew out the long hair, and he mm-hmm. had the beard? Yeah, when he was the disciple? Yeah. If he would have looked like that, and they called him the butcher, and mm-hmm. they, they kind of made him like the butcher in yeah. AEW, that would have been acceptable. It also would have been better if he was good at wrestling. All right, there's that. <laughs> that, that would help. And then we go on to 1995. We're firmly in the Nitro era, and this is the World Cup of Wrestling. It's going to showcase the WCW-New Japan working relationship. They're basically doing a best-of-seven series on this show. Uh, Team WCW versus Team Japan. U.S. versus Japan. We have a few dark matches. DDP beats Dave Sullivan. The American Males beat the Blue Bloods. Steven Regal and Earl Robert Eaton. We brought him up before. So then in our our best of seven series, you now this, have... This is where WCW starts to get a little bit better. I mean, it's still cartoonish in some mm-hmm. spots, but if you if just... When you hear out this whole card, it's like, oh, okay, this is a little bit better than, than what yeah. you're getting. Yeah, so with this, we have... We have Jushin Thunder Liger in the opening match of the pay-per-view beating no one. He just won a match. No, 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 no. He 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 defeated Chris Benoit. Who? Uh, he was a really good wrestler out of Canada. He killed woman, his wife, Nancy. Yeah. Yeah. Chris he, Benoit. He's been erased from history. No, he hasn't. Oh. No. Uh, he hasn't. I just don't think that people should, like, people bring up Benoit like white people bring up the N-word uh, just trying to use it, or just different words that I bring it up making a joke of how WWF would do. No, I, no, I, I get it. Do that. It'll be like Jushin Thunder Liger in action. Is how they would say that, right? Like they wouldn't even mention. Oh, he's in a match, but we're not gonna tell you he was wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> so like like he's this jobber. Yeah, Koji Kanemoto. Uh, def- I believe he was one of the Tiger Masks. I think he was. The third I was gonna Tiger say, I, yeah, I'm not familiar with Koji. He Kanemoto. was a great junior heavyweight. He okay. defeated Alex Wright. So already th- Japan is up to nothing. Now I'm saying that and I'm like, I think I remember watching that match though. Can you, can you, okay. Huh. Yeah. All he right. he was a, a very, very highly regarded junior heavyweight. Okay. Uh, then our third match, Lex Luger puts WCW on the board, defeating Masahiro Chono. Johnny B. Bad defeats Masa Saito by DQ. And jo- Johnny B. Bad at this point is with the Diamond Doll. Yeah, because uh, he lost a diamond doll. DDP lost a diamond doll to her. That's Kimberly. Page. Oh, that's great. That that yeah. women are property in WCW. Okay. Uh, so then Shinjiro Otani, okay. another major major legend of Japanese wrestling. Right. Still wrestles occasionally. I think he defeated Eddie Guerrero in a match that had to be amazing. It uh, had. It had to be. So uh, that thirteen minutes long. I, I so so that puts New Japan th- up three to two. They need one more to win it. Randy Savage defeats Hiroshi Tenzan in 6 minutes 55 seconds. Tenzan, another Japanese legend, part of uh, one of the most famous tag teams, Tenkozi with Satoshi Kojima. Sting. 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 He defeats Kensuke Sasaki by submission to seal the deal and win the whole thing for WCW. And Sasaki is already a huge star at this point. And then in uh, non-tournament matches, you had Ric Flair defeating Lex Luger and Sting by countout which grants him an immediate title match against WCW champion Randy Savage, which Ric Flair also wins. And Ric Flair leaves Starcade 95 the champion with the help of some people who were already on the show, with the help of, I believe, Chris Benoit and Arn Anderson, who may not have been on the show. 
and Brian Pillman, because this is where we reunite the four horsemen. Ah, and then uh, on the third dark match, you have one man gang versus Kensuke Sasaki. Yeah, and it says one man gang wins, and they did show some of this on TV. One man gang got a pinfall, and like, because Sasaki was the U.S. champion, it was for the title. One man gang gets a pinfall, he jumps up, he's celebrating with the title. And then they say no, like something happened with Sasaki, and they restart the match, and Sasaki wins. They didn't show that part, and they aired it on TV like a title change, and One Man Gang beat Kensuke Sasaki for the U.S. title. Because I guess Sasaki didn't want to do a job, the One Man Gang. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So they just aired part of the match and made that the, the match. So then we go to 1996, and at this point, the NWO was around. WCW was riding high. They're the number one company in the world, or the, at least the United States. And they are firing on all eight cylinders. Opening match. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, it is a unification match for the J-Crown, which was eight titles in one. I thought you said a unification, which is like, oh, that's where the eunuch gets his balls They're going to join all their balls together. Yeah. That's what happens in a unification match. Right, right. But no, this is uh, Ultima, Ultimo Dragon, or Ultimate Dragon as they call him here. Defeating Dean Malenko to unify Dean Malenko's WCW Cruiserweight title into the J-Crown. Akira Hokuto uh, with Sonny Ono and with her husband, Kensuke Sasaki, defeated Medusa for the inaugural WCW Women's Championship. Jushin Thunder Liger defeated Rey Mysterio Jr. I want to watch this show right now. <laughs> we're stopping and we're watching this show. Uh, yes, and then the next, the best wrestler that's ever wrestled. Jeff Jarrett Your wins boy, the match. you have a picture with him. Jeff Jarrett, that's J-E-F-F. J-A-R-R-E-T. I do have a picture with him, and I'm about 100 pounds heavier than I am now in that picture. Yeah, wow, yeah, that's right, you were. I was huge in that picture. Wow. Um, well, huge, but yeah. He. Um, you were definitely, yeah, you were heavier, wow. He, uh, he defeats Chris Benoit with woman in a no DQ match. Uh, the Outsiders retain the WCW Tag Team titles against the Faces of Fear. Eddie Guerrero defeats Diamond Dallas Page to win the vacant WCW US title. Lex Luger defeats the Giant. And in your main event, non-title, Roddy Piper defeats WCW champion Hollywood Hulk Hogan by technical submission. He put him out with a sleeper. Okay. And that sets up a Piper-Hogan match later. 1997, this is the big one. This was the biggest, like, drawing-wise, this was the biggest pay-per-view WCW ever did. And it was a payoff to a year and a half of storytelling ever since the other video started. Because this is the match where Sting comes out of the rafters and he's challenging the champ, Hulk Hogan. Who has been the champ pretty much almost for the last year and a half, except for like a week where Luger had the title. So opening match, Eddie Guerrero defeats Steve Malenko for the Cruiserweight title. Scott Norton, Vincent, and Randy Savage defeated Ray Trailer, formerly the Big Boss Man, and the Steiner Brothers. Goldberg defeats Steve McMichael. Perry Saturn defeats Chris Benoit in a Ravens Rules match. Buff Bagwell defeated Lex Luger. Diamond Dallas Page defeats Kurt Hennig for the WCW US title. Now, now real quick, with the, the Steiner Brothers and uh, Ray Trailer, uh, it says Steiner Brothers with Ted DiBiase. So Ted DiBiase is managing them at this yeah, he, point and he then turns? Left, he had left the NWO. Oh, okay. And he uh, was a babyface now. Okay. And he helped the Steiners. I think shortly after this is when Scott Steiner turned. It was like a few months after this, I think. Gotcha. Okay. And then uh, Larry Zabisco defeated Eric Bischoff by DQ with Bret Hart as a special referee. I think the stipulation here was if Bischoff would have won, the NWO would have gotten Nitro because Thunder was debuting. Okay. And they did they did a test run where they did do an NWO Monday Nitro and it was awful and it tanked and it was like the first time in 
a year and a half that Raw actually won a quarter hour, quarter hour of the ratings. Oh, wow. So like, yeah, we're going to stop that. Because I guess Steve Austin was doing something on Raw. And then in your main event, Sting beat Hollywood Hogan by submission. But this was that freaky finish where Nick Patrick was supposed to do a fast count and Hogan wins, but he doesn't do a fast count at all. It's actually kind of slow. And then Rick and Bret Hart comes out because a Montreal screw job just happened. He's like, hey, I'm not going to let you screw him, even though he didn't really get screwed. So it was a clusterfuck. It, yeah. it, was, it was kind of the beginning of the end for WCW. And we get another nail in the coffin next year in 98. Goldberg is your world champion. He's undefeated. And uh, he's going to be defending against Kevin Nash in the main event. But first, Billy Kidman defeats Rey Mysterio Jr. and Juventud Guerrero for the Cruiserweight title. Then defends it against Eddie Guerrero and beats him too. Holy shit, they're pushing Kidman here. Uh, Norman's well, di- didn't Hogan like Kidman? Well, Hogan had that thing where he said he, he should be main eventing a flea market or something, and they turned that into like an angle later. Oh, okay. That's next year. We'll get into Vince Russo next year. Oh, okay. Uh, Norman Smiley defeated Prince Iakea by submission. Perry Saturn beat Ernest Miller with Sonny Ono. Brian Adams, formerly Crush, and Scott Norton with Vincent. So that's the NWOB team there. They beat Fit Finley and Jerry Flynn. WCW is getting bad at this point. I, I think the B team was one of the worst ideas. Yeah, the black and white NWO. And you had like the black and red NWO that had all the good people. It was bad. It was the Wolfpack. Yeah, splitting it up into different like mm-hmm. B, A team and B team and then the Wolfpack and all that shit. It was just stupid. It was dumb. It what was the, already dead by the NWO yeah. 2000 or whatever the fuck it was called. The, the silver one. Yeah, that's was bad. I wasn't even really watching at that point, but... Conan yeah. uh, defends the world or television championship against Chris Jericho, beating him by submission. With, with Ralphus. With Ralphus, yeah. Eric Bischoff defeated Ric Flair. Stupid. Uh, DDP beats the Giant. Okay. And in your main event, Kevin Nash defeats the champion Goldberg to break the streak and win the WCW world title. That's when Scott Hall tased him. <clears throat> yeah. Scott Hall had been gone for a while. Right. And then uh, Nash and Hogan. Was it like a regular taser or was it a cattle prod? Cattle prod, I think. Okay. And then... A few weeks after this is the, or like a week after this on the first night of the New Year's when they do the finger poke of doom because Hogan comes back and Nash is going to be like, I'll defend it against Hogan because Goldberg got arrested. Right. Because Miss Elizabeth lied and said he like sexually assaulted her or something. That's cute. To yeah. Around, it's, yeah. It's very cute. Yeah. So yeah, it's, and then it's Hogan and Nash in the, at the end and like Hogan touches him and he, he does the bump. And yeah, WCW is coming off the rails at this point, but th- we still have two Starcades left. In 1999, we have. And this is out of where? This is during DC? They're in DC. Yeah, the last couple of Star Kids were all in DC. Okay. So this is um, Vince Russo is full, firmly in charge of creative in WCW here. He's uh, on TV, but not on TV. It's just his voice when they did like the powers that be. So let's see what Vince Russo had to offer Starcade. The Mamelukes, Big Vito and Johnny the Bull, uh, mm-hmm. with Tony Marinara, who became Tony Mameluke later. Right. Uh, they beat Disco Inferno and Lash LaRue. Medusa beat Evan Courageous with Spice. To win the cruiserweight title. <sighs> I remember that, yeah. Uh, Norman Smiley. Uh, this is the one good thing about WCW back then. Screaming Norman Smiley. That was fun. It was yeah. very fun. It was a fun undercard thing, yeah. Now this team, the next Defeated team Defeated Ming to, to retain the hardcore title. This team I actually liked at the time. The Revolution, which at this point is Shane Douglas, yeah. Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, and Asia. And I don't remember that. I don't remember Asia being there. Who, who was the other? Chris who, Benoit. Benoit. Mm-hmm. Now he's gone at this point. He or? is in a ladder match for the U.S. title later. Oh, okay, so who? I don't remember Asia being with Asia. Them. Yeah, she was with. She them. was like the China. She was the big blonde bodybuilder girl. Right. Yeah. I don't she remember. Was, she was there in China, but it's Asia. Get it? Uh, yeah. Okay. But I. I yes. I get. China's it. a country. She's and, a whole continent. <clears throat> right. And China was C H Y N A. Yeah. And this is A S Y A. I get it. 
I, I understand it. It sucks. I don't know. It's not even that. I just don't remember her being with Revolution. She was. And they defeat Jim Duggan and the Varsity Club, which is a reformed Varsity Club. Of, yeah. Uh, Kevin Sullivan, Mike Rotunda, and Rick Steiner. Yep. With, with Leia Meow. Leia Meow, who was? Kimono Wanalea. Right. From ECW. ECW. Yeah. Uh, Vampiro defeats Dr. Death Steve Williams, who is somehow not in the Varsity Club. And this is Vampiro with the Misfits. With the Misfits, yeah. The Misfits are, are in WCW. Yeah, as a matter point. of fact, this is around the time that Jerry only wrestled Steve Williams in a cage match and I think beat him. Okay. Um, huh. And then Vampiro with the Misfits also defeated Oklahoma, who was Ed Ferrara doing a Jim Ross impression. Creative Control, Gerald and Patrick. Now that's supposed to be Gerald Briscoe and Patrick Patterson. Right. Uh, but it's really Ron and Don Harris. They teamed up with Kurt Hennig with Shane, who was now who was formerly Vincent, who was formerly Virgil. <laughs> they defeated Harlem Heat, Booker T and Stevie Ray, and Midnight, who was another really big bodybuilder girl, but she was black, so they called her Midnight. Right, because that's not racist. <laughs> This is so bad. Maybe she called herself. I Maybe. hope. I hope that she called herself Midnight. I believe she's dead now. All right, but uh, is she? No, she's alive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Midnight. Are you sure? It would say was if she wasn't dead. Oh, I see. Well, um, my, some sometimes, and this is true. We we brought this up before. Sometimes some black wrestlers would say, "Yeah, that's true." Hey, call me this. Right. Say this, and now it comes back to bite the white people in the ass. You know, all these years yeah. later, when it's like. But they told me to say it. Yeah. Now it's like it doesn't matter. You don't do it. But it, nobody would pull that off today. Right. But sometimes and sometimes people were ra- more than not. The racist people were actually racist. Yeah. That's that's the sad truth. But there were times where the person was like, no, say this for heat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so Midnight could have named herself Midnight. It's possible. Or they could have been racist and called her Midnight because she's black. I hope she called herself Midnight. All Jeff right. Jarrett uh, defeated Dustin Rhodes in a bunkhouse brawl. That's D-U... Double... No, single S. Single S. All right. Diamond Dallas Page defeats David Flair in a crowbar on a pole match. Because okay. crowbar was David Flair's partner. If he was on the pole. No, it was actually a crowbar. Oh, it wasn't... No. Uh, like Judy Bagwell? No. Okay. She is dead. Yeah. Um, Sting... With Elizabeth, so for some reason, uh, defeated the total package Lex Luger uh, by DQ. Okay. Kevin Nash defeated Sid Vicious in a powerbomb match. I think I remember that. Yeah. Chris Benoit defeats Jeff Jarrett in a ladder match to win the or retain rather the U.S. title. Well, I mean, Sid was the master of the powerbomb. Yeah, and One so of was Kevin Nash. Yeah. Well, no, so he was in a team. Masters yeah, him and Vader. Yeah. Masters of the powerbomb. Yeah. And then your main event. Bret Hart defeats Goldberg by submission okay. for the WCW title. No DQ. Awful match. Uh, awful booking. This is the match where Goldberg kicks Bret Hart in the head and ends his career. And he actually wrestled a little bit after it, but he, had a, he got the concussion in this match. And he, they did Vince Russo's favorite finish here. Roddy Piper was your special referee. And they recreated the Montreal Screwjob. Mm. And Bret puts Goldberg in the sharpshooter and Roddy Piper says, ring the bell. And he walks out. And then later, and that's and then shortly after that is when you bring back the NWO and it's like Bret Hart, Jeff Jarrett. And when did they people. do the thing where he goes to spear Hart and Hart has the metal? Plate? I think it was before this. Before, dude, I yeah, because Bret Hart retired. Bret Hart only wrestled for a few weeks after this, and he's like, my head is scrambled. I can't do this anymore. Okay. And um, one more Starcade, and and things are really bad now. Vince Russo has been fired and rehired and fired again. Right. Uh, they're booking by committee. I think Ed Ferrer may have been involved. You know, Jimmy Hart was involved. But the, we, WCW literally has three months left to live at this point. And it's the final Starcade, Starcade 2000. 
And uh, your main event, or your opening match, rather, is three count. Shane Helms and Shannon Moore defeating the Young Dragons, Kaz Hayashi and Jimmy Yang. Now, the Young J- Dragons, a.k.a. the Jung Dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, at this point, it was like, this is 2000. I'm in a relationship. I'm raising a baby. I'm not really paying attention. I don't think I watched this pay-per-view. I was kind of way off on W. I was really into WWF at this point. Yeah. But I think WCW just like, they're... they're beyond help yeah there was some stuff that like i, I would look at, i would watch and it's like eh, you know i'd watch maybe a, a match here or there but i remember it being real bad because i remember three count i remember tank tank abbott was tank like abbott. their groupie yeah yeah dance and i was like this is just fucking bad mm-hmm. they uh so three count which is this point to shame Hel- shane helms and shannon moore right. beat the young dragons uh and evan courageous and jamie noble evan courageous used to be part of three count jamie noble was under a mask as jamie son and he was part of the Young Dragons, but they split off in the three teams. Next match is Lance Storm with Elix Skipper and Major Guns defeating Ernest Miller with Mrs. with Ms. Jones, who I don't know if she married David Flair, but I, I know she was with David Flair for a long time. Okay. Uh, Terry Funk defeats Crowbar with Daphne, uh, the late Daphne, in a hardcore match to win the WCW hardcore title. Big Vito and Reno with Marie, and I don't know who that is, uh, the, and Chronic ended in a no contest. Uh, the late Mike Awesome defeated the late Bam Bam Bigelow in an ambulance match. General Hugh G. Rection, get it? Yeah. Uh, he defeated Shane Douglas by DQ to re- retain the U.S. title. Uh, General Rection, obviously formerly Hugh Morris, later Bill DeMott. He was always Bill DeMott. That was his real name. He was a head trainer for WWE for a while. Um, the Harris brothers, Ron and Don Harris and Jeff Jarrett, defeated the Filthy Animals, Billy Kidman Conan, and Rey Mysterio Jr. in a bunkhouse brawl. The Insiders, DDP and Kevin Nash, defeated the perfect event, Chuck Palumbo and Sean Stasiak, to yeah, win the WCW World Tag Team title. Weren't they trying to do like a, uh, a, a with, with the, the perfect event? Weren't they trying to do like a Mr. Perfect and uh, Lex no. Luger thing? Yes, kind of. Sean Stasiak came in as Perfect Sean, and he feuded with Kurt Hennig, because he was supposed to be the new Mr. Perfect. Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah, yeah, it kind of was, yeah. And then Chuck Palumbo was called the big event. And it was supposed to be like, I'm the new total package, but yeah. I'm the big event. Yeah. And it was like the new Lex Luger. That's literally what I just said. <laughs> okay, you're right. Yeah, so it was. Yeah. Uh, but I, and, and also at this time, I fucking was like, I hate this. It was awful. Yeah. Uh, the Goldberg defeated Lex Luger mm-hmm. in a no holds barred match. Had Luger or had Goldberg lost, he would have been forced to leave WCW. And in your main event, in the final match in the history of Starcade, Scott Steiner defeats Sid Vicious by submission to retain the WCW title. Well, by WCW Starcade. Yeah, they did house shows that they branded a Starcade. They put some of the matches on. The WWE Network, but we're not going to talk about those. Is this is this what we're looking at right here? Yeah, you yeah, had, like 2017, 2018. Yeah. How long? How many? They years? were normally house shows on Thanksgiving in Greenboro, and they just called them Starcade. Yeah, and how they many, put some of them on the they network. Do? I believe they did. So we saw twenty seventeen, three, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Yeah, because they haven't really done house shows since then. Right. Yeah. 2020 and 2021, they haven't done house shows. Really. Yeah, if you, you want any information on that, just go to Wikipedia. It's on Peacock. You'll find it. It'll, it'll tell you. Uh, fun. Fun stuff, man. Some of those early ones were. No, they were yeah. they were amazing. They were amazing. Uh, well, if you enjoyed this, if you, uh, if you liked that little rundown, uh, let us know. If you have any suggestions or comments, anything, 
You know the drill. Yeah. G6suplex at gmail.com. Uh, and stay tuned for next week. Where we are going to talk about ECW pay-per-views. And big shows, big arena shows in December. Yeah. Uh, and then in a few weeks, we'll get to the Christmas-themed shows. So uh, what's 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 the, uh, December to Dismember, right? Yeah, that was one of the biggies. They would do like Holiday Hell, December to Dismember, Massacre on 34th Street. They were their big December shows. Well, that's the... that's. The Massacre on 34th Street will save towards Christmas, and there's some other ones that will save towards Christmas. But, yeah, so so that's what we have. Uh, all right, well, that's all I have. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I'll just call them the ring. 